They want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the gaps and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat on back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. Hey, Pac, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the... Footscray Football Club, Tragedy <laughs> Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. I'm Danny McGinley. Tom Boyd, how are you? Uh, I've had better Mondays as a Bulldog supporter, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was a nice day in Launceston yesterday by the looks of things. <laughs> that was probably the highlight for me. Yeah, welcome to our weather podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon, so we were just chatting off air. Uh, how many, so just for a, a bit of an insight into doing a sports podcast uh, about a Media analytics. Club. Media analytics, that's good. Uh, our ratings, if the Bulldogs have a great win, a lot more of you tune in, download. Understandable, want to talk about the Dogs, the greatest football team of all. <laughs> When we lose, like we did yesterday, shockingly, uh, less of you are here. So, welcome, uh, you gluttons for punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I presume it's just the Patreons that are tuning in today. Probably. Uh, and if you're not a Patreon and you are still listening to this, you should join up because you are clearly a hardcore fan. And for only $5 a month. Yeah, five bucks, making money. You get a yeah, bonus. If you spend a few grand, you can get us to mow your lawn. That's true. Yeah, that's there's tiers. I don't know if we've, we haven't mentioned this for a while. There's five bucks a month. You just get a bonus episode every second week. Uh, if you go in like 25 bucks, you get a book, you get Tom's book. Yep. You and, and some stubby holders. Stubby holders, even a, a DVD of me doing stand-up. You don't Back have a DVD. when you had hair too, no, no less. Yeah, it's an older one. I'm doing another special <laughs> soon. I'll announce that. Uh, coming up uh, and uh, yeah and if you do like two grand a month we'll mow your lawn <laughs> it's a uh, it's a value proposition that can't be beat but we should bring in our guest because this is someone oh, wait, hang on, there's an update on that I've got a lawnmower and a on whipper snipper now or, oh, yeah. no, no, on, on the, the guest or the lawnmower <laughs> the lawnmower so like we did have actually I've got to change it on the Patreon it said you must provide us with a lawnmower oh, right. I've got one now oh good and so, you know if you pay 10 grand a month you can get to, uh, Danny to whipper snip the whole lawn instead of actually <laughs> Uh, we should bring in the guest. Anyway, someone, yes. someone that I've known for a long, long time. Someone I've always looked up to. He's kind of gone from a bit of a mercurial small forward as a under-18s player. Took one of the marks of the absolute century that has gone down in the history alongside Toby McLean as, you know, players who played forward and took big marks and then got drafted and got sent back to the, the back line <laughs> of the midfield. Uh, we've got Hayden Crozier with us today. Thanks, gentlemen. It's an absolute privilege to be here. It's uh, it's funny. I I, uh, I did play with Hayden um, yes, back in the Eastern Rangers day, and um, he was you know I, I remember you so vividly being the as I said mercurial sort of half forward with a brilliant left foot, big mark could jump, uh, could kick some goals, and then all of a sudden you got sent over to Fremantle, and you know you you had Ross Lyon over there, right? and Ross turned you into a, a towel fullback. Is that about, about yeah, right? Yeah. So initially, um, obviously going over there, I played a bit, a bit of forward early on, um, and then sort of through this necessity of the team. We had Michael Walters, Hayden Ballantyne, obviously good players. So, uh, yeah, I went back and I felt like I had a pretty decent year, one of the years that I played back and obviously worked out. So, uh, Jason McCartney got me to the dogs, which was nice. It is, um, it's not something that's that's often that easy to make that transition from um, forward to back. Like most half forwards that I think about, like put it this way, when I was playing in the AOS, they sent me back for a quarter and we were, pl- <laughs> we were playing in Denmark 
in uh, who were you playing against? Well, this was a bit of a mixed team. So we we played the European Legion over there, and we beat them by about two hundred points. Now the European Legion consisted of a bunch of guys that I think they'd pulled off the farm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever seen an oval football before. You know, they 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 spent much time playing either rugby or playing uh, playing soccer, but. In the game that I'm mentioning, we um, we sort of split the AOS guys. So there's about 30 of us in the program. We had 15 aside, and we topped up with a few of few Italians and, and Danes, I presume. <laughs> Don't know where we got these people from. <laughs> and they sent me back to play on a guy named uh, Darcy Hardigan, I think his name was. He didn't end up getting drafted. And in about eight minutes, he kicked three goals, two on me. Um, wow. And I've never been more lost in my life. So... Uh, for forwards, it's not always the simplest thing ever. How long did it take you to, you know, sort of make the transition from, you know, basically trying to get the ball to stopping people getting the ball? Yeah, it took me a little bit, but I think the difference between playing forward and back is when you're playing back, the play's in front of you. So it's a little bit easier to read the game. Um, as you know, playing a lot of footy yourself, the the small forward role can be quite the graveyard shift depending on sort of how the team structures up. And um, a lot of the times it's it's the role players and, and guys that might not come in and get, you know, the 20 touches and kick a couple of goals, but they're coming out getting five or six tackles. So I think for me it was um, – it freed me up a little bit and I think it sort of allowed me to play – probably a little bit more of a natural game. Um, and I think especially in, the, in that Fremantle team, we had, you know, it was a really experienced team. As I mentioned before, Michael Walters, Hayden Ballantyne, but then you had Pavlich obviously forward yeah, as well. So he was all right. to be honest with you, if I was leading at the footy, the ball's not coming my way. <laughs> it's going over the top. So um, yeah, it felt good to just change things up a little bit, free free uh, a bit of things up. And uh, yeah, felt I went all right. I think there's uh, one thing that you missed in describing the small forward role. It's also the first person to get dropped. <laughs> the team's not coming. Is that true? And it's also the first one to get sprayed. Because <laughs> every coach loves you when you're kicking goals, but as soon as the team's losing, it's like, why aren't you putting more pressure on? And it's like, oh, you didn't ask me to do that last week when I kicked three. So you don't, you don't want to find yourself between a bad team and a, and a coach as the, the small forward. They'll always be the one that they throw out to the wolves, I think. Really? I'm, I'm surprised you say that considering how much you have, have said over the course of this podcast that being the ruck full forward is the hardest position. I think it's physically the hardest. Okay. Um, being, yeah, small forward. Man, I can't stand small forwards, honestly. <laughs> Can't stand it. There's one behind you. Yeah, there's, there's, look, at least, so uh, let's use the current example, Cody. The good thing about Cody is at least he can mark, right? Yes, Because most small forwards spend the entire day letting their men jump and stick their knees in the big forwards, bloody ribs, <laughs> and then trying to get the crumbs. They're like, oh, I'm front and centre. I'm like, you know what else is front and centre? My ribs, which are broken from your man jumping on me all day. Um, so how are, we, we, this is, just for full transparency, we're obviously recording this on the Monday after the loss to uh, Torval. Yes, <laughs> Awful. It was, um, it's so depressing. <laughs> it's just so we, we now it's looking like we're probably going to have to beat Geelong in Geelong to make finals, which is the nightmare scenario that all dogs fans are just triggered by at all times. But yeah, actually, Hayden told us something absolute. Like, okay, we're all angry that we lost. The players have been punished enough. Hayden, what? How would they have flown back yesterday? Yeah, well, I'm not. Absolutely certain of this, but usually when you play in Tassie, you fly back with the team that you play against. Usually because of the lack of flight. So with and then probably with all the Nuffy fans as well. Oh, they would. Well, everyone would have been on the same flight, really. Yeah, so there's only one flight. Yeah, yeah. So you get the the Bulldogs players. Most likely, probably the Hawthorne players, depending if they might have stayed down there for an extra night. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, you get the fans on there as well. So, so tell us because it's not the Hawthorne team of old, even though we did lose to them yesterday. Who's getting business out of those two clubs? Because it's a it's a constant jostling. Yeah, it, really, and, and when people say, 
So as you can imagine, that there's some tall players playing um, AFL football and, you know, they need a bit of extra leg room. That's not really how it works. How yeah. it works is who's the oldest <laughs> and who's the best. And then after that, then they start to consider height. That's like, true. There, there were games, I remember back when I was like, Tom Campbell was playing and he was in like <laughs> cheap seats up the back. But against, so if you're both on the same flight, who out of Hawthorne and uh, Bulldogs claim business class at this stage? Well, Tim English would definitely be out there, just purely based on height. And, really? form, and, not, form, and form. Not, and, not and form, he, obviously. I, yeah, Tim's had, another guy who sat yeah. in the cheap seats when he wasn't playing that <laughs> yeah, good. So he's, he's definitely not sitting in the cheap seats anymore. Considering he's, Timmy took that last kick out. And yeah, just, yeah, maybe sent I him. Think he was sent home on Jetstar. Yeah, put him in the baggage. <laughs> put him underneath. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Timmy would be up there. Um, Bont's obviously up there. Um And then basically just be a, a mix of probably the guys who are either the tallest or basically – Experience as well, so lob, lob, lobby would be up there. Um, but I guess probably on those, like I mean, if we actually did fly with Hawthorne, which again I'm not too sure, they'd have a couple of their players up the front, and yeah. and they're the smaller Virgin planes now. It's not the old ones where yeah. there's Delaney, yeah, where yeah. there's you fly fly to Perth and back when I was no. over at Freya, and there'd be 16 business seats, and I'd be saying, "I've got a corky after the game, just yes. to get on one." Actually, yeah, listeners might not know this. At one time that I flew over to Perth, I was doing some gigs at the comedy club there, and I also timed it so I could watch the dogs play. Uh, someone, you got me a ticket, Boyd. This mm. is pre-podcast, but you got me a ticket. Don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very nice of you. Uh, we we got flogged. Is <laughs> um, Freo? Uh, I think so. Yeah, was, it the, was my first my fiftieth maybe? Freo or West Coast? It, obviously. Freo. Or West Coast, geez, that's a yeah, dumb that was, thing to say. It wasn't Adelaide we were playing over there. Unless <laughs> <laughs> it was in the hub and somehow yeah. it was just two, two yeah, random gather teams. Around, there. Yeah. We didn't gather around in Perth. <laughs> um, but I, I, I flew back at, on the same flight as the team, and I remember chatting to Toby McLean in the Virgin Lounge, yeah. and he was all like, Hey, I've got an exit row. This is going all right. And then one of the assistant coaches marched up to him and went, No, you have to swap with it. Someone had faked an injury yeah, to yeah. get it. And Toby was the first to get bumped down the order yes. back then because Toby's really nice, which yeah. just doesn't help. He's too nice. Yeah, there's there's no there's no friends in the seat game. Is the is a really? ta- tail as old as time. And you know it was crazy. I had this perfect cycle. Whenever we were flying anywhere beyond like um, forty five minutes out of Melbourne, my back that week started to get real sore. <laughs> Now, Absolutely. I have height on my side, so I was always designated to get a business class. Well, how's one of our – so when we played uh, Gold Coast up in Darwin this year, the VFL played Gold Coast races up there as well. And so we had a, a like a private chartered plane, um, and it was from the other airport. Um, and from Essendon? Like, yeah, from Essendon. Awesome. Yep. And, and, um, and no one had any assigned seats, right? So it was basically – Oh, no. First in, best rest. But – it's a mix of obviously all the VFL boys, all the AFL boys, and like in your head, you sort of know who's like roughly going to be at the front. So there was like, there was probably eight seats at the front, which generally could recline fully back. And I was one of the first on, so I'm like, I'm year 12, I could probably take yeah, it, but yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do it. So I took the first one behind those, which is like extra leg room yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. No one batted an eyelid, so I was like, there yeah, you it's go. too bad. Strategic. Yeah, so who, 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 who in the um, the front 12 seats you just mentioned took took one that shouldn't have? <laughs> uh, no, I reckon everyone that got there was probably well-deserving to that. Um, but at one stage, we had one of our media guys, Elliot. I'm not sure if you met him up the front. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, we, we put him up the front. He'd be... He'd be 
five six, I reckon, and we just chuck, chucked <laughs> he's, it. He's five six five seven, and we just chucked <laughs> it with one A. And I'm, um, he's from Perth, so I'm, we've got the pretty much the same friend group over there. So made sure I got a couple of photos and sent it to the boys. They're like, "Have a look at this bloke." <laughs> so if Pigsy was on that flight, he would have taken the pilot seat. Oh, yeah. Pigsy would have been yeah. right. He would have come on with Sunnies and a <laughs> yeah. aviation. Hat he would have the the boombox. Him red. Dale. Uh, I, I must say, speaking of um, injuries, uh, Shane Biggs went to play back at a place called Bort this year. Bort, which, which is um, <laughs> so northwest, it's up near Bridgewater and stuff. My so son is also called Bort, so it's a, it's a cashy. I'm assuming. I presume so. <laughs> anyway, so I asked him how it was going, and he goes, uh, "Went out there first training session <laughs> after preseason and tore his hamstring." Oh god! <laughs> and I yes. Like, so I must say, we should check in with our, our great friend of the show, Shane Biggs, to see if he's had a, a fabulous season or he spent most of it DJing on the sidelines. I think that's actually a great idea, especially if we if we lose to West Coast this week or we or we miss yeah, finals. Let's we get, need someone to cheer us up. We need a, just a Big Z hit. That's a great idea. Uh, I, I interviewed uh, Hayden Crozier before the game uh, in the, the player sponsor Top Dogs area where I MC. He said, Hayden Crozier said that the reason he got drafted was Tom Boyd. It was. He was kicking oh. me the ball at Rangers <laughs> or vice versa. We were both in the same forward line back then. So That's it was right. myself, it was- Boydie, Pato. It was a pretty decent forward line. I just, I was just sort of the guy that would run out of the way of it and try to get front and centre and hope my man wouldn't put my knee through. It was pretty cruisy at that stage because, you know, TSA cl- Cup clubs back then, you don't have like two key defenders. You have one decent key defender and they always went to John Patton. So when I played three or four games with H, because you were a couple of years older than me, um, I was playing on a like five foot seven, you know, Brilliant. halfback flanker. So I think I ended up kicking more goals than Pato whilst I was playing at that stage. It was pretty- Honestly, I reckon our, our kick-out strategy back then was like wherever Boydie and Pato are, just kick it to them. Kick. And I was just like, I'll just go that side because I'm not well, going on the other side. I'm not getting near it. So no, I was like, no. yeah. No, it, was, um, it was good. To- Did you, so in your Eastern Rangers career, um, were you guys rubbish both years? Yeah, we had a good we had a good list. Yeah, you both did both years. Um, we had a fair few guys drafted, but yeah, we were never really who who was drafted Jeez, out of your re- class. What club does this remind me of? Good list, underperform. Nah, no, nah, it was just, <laughs> no, no. This is like this is like the Gold Coast Suns equivalent. Oh, okay. like, we've got a lot of high draft picks, and no, none of us were winning. <laughs> so top age year, um, it was Johnny, myself. Uh, yeah, so jo- Jonathan Patton. Yeah, yeah Johnny Patton. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So the Eastern Rangers almost had three number one picks in four years because mm. so it was John Patton, yeah. Then it was a gap. Then it was me, and then it was Christian Petraka went two. Oh wow! In three yeah. years, so it was um, Pato, myself, uh, Max Warren, Alex. We went Green- to uh, North Melbourne. Uh, yeah, um, Alex Greenwood is- we went to Bulldogs. Doggies. Um, he played a few games for us. He, he was drafted two thousand and eleven. Yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I might have missed it. I might have missed one or two, but my bottom age year was. Um, Kieran Harper, Aaron Young, Cam O'Shea, Aaron Mullet. So there's a there's a fair few. Because Sam Blees was is he a year older than you? But he's two years two older, years older think, yeah. and he was drafted as a seventeen year old. We see Eastern Rangers. We had a bunch of good players. Yeah, <laughs> they never won until we came along. Our year because we went from in in our two years we finished bottom. Um, we won three games in a row in the middle of the year. So nice. like round seven to ten, and then we didn't win another game for yeah. the year. And then and it was that was against like Jake Stringer's Bendigo Pioneers, who were also at the bottom of the ladder. Um, <laughs> and then um, and then in our top age year, we won the flag, and we won the flag by twenty goals. So that was a very rare moment of joy and success in our under eighteen. What's the yes. Eastern Rangers song? That's a good question. Oh, I got. I can't remember. We didn't sing it that often, so oh, we, we, did, we did. Yeah, you did. I didn't. I actually, I honestly can't remember what it was. Nah, so are they all based on like the AFL songs or? Are oh, they nah, the, I think this. I think ours, nah, was, ours was like a completely yeah, made up. It was proprietary. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think we did mention the mountains a few times in yeah. the okay. song. Given yeah, that we was, were the Dead Kong co- Rangers. It was oh, cold. It was cold out in uh, Kilsyth yeah. training sessions. I do remember that. Driving up there for, on my owls. Uh, Mum was in the car for two hours. Watch us train. I'd be in the long skins, lower and upper skins. And yeah, yeah. You look like you're the, wearing a wetsuit. And then go, go in and have some <laughs> soup, which tasted great, but I re- don't reckon I've got many taste buds left after no, that. No, no. It was too hot. <laughs> oh, hot. Rare and hot, that. But uh, yeah, I think the good, good thing about the Eastern Rangers was that at least we were like, it was a club. Like compared to a lot of the TRC Cup or Coats High Cup um, clubs, now there, it's a very transitory space as you can imagine because yeah, you're only spending, yeah. you know, basically me, me and um, Ben Kavara and Mitch Honeychurch all came in at the same time and all ended up actually playing at the Dogs and we were sort of the best players from our year at that stage. We came at 15 and then spent basically till 18, we were there on a regular basis but for most players you spend half a year, maybe maybe 18 months if you stretch it. So I think the good thing as I said about the Eastern Range is like when you walked into that place, it was the same faces. They wanted like to be a proper community club. They wanted to make you feel like you're at home. All that stuff was. Um, I had a great time there. I thought it was a, a great place to to get good at footy. I suppose. So you don't even have time to like build rivalries and stuff. Like you do a you bit know. because, it, but it's more player to player rivalries. I say oh, like because okay. you know some of the. To be honest, like. A lot of the people played for Oakley were a bunch of wankers. So that, that was that was it was easy <laughs> to include Toby McLean, the private school. Nah, boys. Toby Toby was younger. He was that was young. probably the difference. Like I, I feel like the, the Rangers, we didn't have that many private school guys. No, was, we had not. Yeah. It, was, it was all like, except for this. No, nah, but not next not, to not APSHS. So yeah, yeah. like, what is that? Hang on, what's, what's APSHS is the grammar school competition. Oh, the one really? so all of like Carey and Wesley and all those guys they right. they play in that comp and they play sport like as in they play um, school football from. I want to say it's like May through to August. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So you miss those players in the TRC Cup competition because you have to play for your school because they're all on scholarships. Right. So when you say private school, that's what we mean, as in like okay. the private school fullers. Now, I can honestly say, so I, I played obviously um, 16, 17s and 18s state. And in 16s, these people, and, and 17s actually when we were bottom age players, because so we, we had a couple of guys who didn't end up getting drafted. So it was our captain, Brandon Wood, and then Mitch O'Donnell, who was like our best player, um, and myself playing under eight under 18s bottom age. And these people looked at me like I was an alien from outer space because they came from the Eastern Rangers. Like they treated us so shit. <laughs> Really? And then we started winning and start, you know, started playing well and they were all our best friends. It was crazy. Yeah, interesting. It's so, weird how that works. Yeah, and look, those the, the other thing about the private school thing is that they – so what happens is they all get um, – they all play under 12s state and they play national school boys state and then they get picked up in the scholarship thing for yeah. year seven. So they all know each other from for a long time. Um, yeah, which is uh, – which is why they all treated the people who are from the bush. Which I was like, I was from, <laughs> from the bush. I'm from Ringwood, Ringwood mate. Yeah. <laughs> I got a shopping centre. Treat me with respect. Now, Ro- Roval and Ringwood boys. Yeah. Because that. So because you played you played your juniors all at Roval, or were you were Saint Simon's. Nah, so I so I actually originally played at uh, Waverley Park Hawks, which is obviously. Hang on, that's with, Hawthorne. With, I'm on to you. Yeah, with the name um, obviously close to Waverley Park. Um, but I only played there until about under thirteens, and then I played for Roval Hawks uh, the rest of my time there. Is that how big a difference between those two? <laughs> that oh, sounds was, like the same was, club. It was. It was. A, no, it was a fair difference. But I think with the way that Roval was set up, there was two teams: Roval Hawks and St. Simon's Juniors. And basically, every year it was either Roval versus St. Simon's or Roval versus Vermont in the grand finals. Every year. Okay. So or Norwood. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or Norwood. So. Oh, my, I, I, my team. We, we weren't as good as Vermont and Roval, but we in in my years we were. But yeah. yeah, so I just I just wonder actually how good we would have been as a club if it was merged just 
to Roval because St Simon's had Johnny Patton. They had a couple of my school oh, wow. mates yeah, who, were, yeah. who were sort of interleague players um, back then. Steve Scott, who played with us at Rangers. Um, so there was a fair few good players on both teams. Yeah. The, the other thing was that, like, in talk about fairness, um, Roval was not fair because Roval had zoned all of, like, Dandenong, Pakenham, like, everywhere that there was growth and young kids yeah. <laughs> was playing for Roval. So we had teams in the competition who had seven or eight junior sides and Roval had 21. Oh, wow. Like, that's how many kids were going through there. So you can, you know, just by, you know, degree of, you know, size, the yeah. amount of, you know, the young players that were coming through that area, yeah. which is which is always funny too because Rover was like the dividing line between Dandenong and Easton in the TIC Cup. So you could kind of go either way. So Lockie Whitfield was like one side of Stud Road, which meant that he went to Dandenong and played all his <laughs> footy there. But then, you know, his like best mate was like the other side of Stud Road. So he came to us. Um, yeah. And to think that that makes it, Big Metro and Big Country as well. That's another thing. Right? That's where yeah. Big Country line starts. Yeah, well, because yep. obviously initially... You do live in the bush. <laughs> initially... <laughs> I, I don't live in the bush, but yeah. <laughs> Dan Long Stingrays were Vic Metro, and then they moved them to Vic Country to um, to try even up a little bit, so... Which is a massive pain in the arts, because you can imagine where they host yes. the Vic Country training sessions yeah. in, in like Wodonga. Mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where they all... It was like... In Gippsland was all the country hubs were down there, or Bentigo, or Ballarat. Oh my and you go like, Danny Long's just looking at like us training about 25 minutes down the road from them whilst they chill. <laughs> but see, like, imagine if the zones were different, because then Eastern Rangers would have had their number one pick threes in a row, and or the number two pick after that, because Lockie Whitfield was the number one. So if he'd been on the other side of Stud Road, he would have played for us. Let me ask you this. Is it with, with the TAC Cup, Eastern Rangers, are there still nuffies who like, live for Eastern Rangers and they go to every game and they've got scarves and flags. And nah, 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 nah. Nah, so even the fans are transitory? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, just, they're just like, I mean, a lot of the fans are probably just all the uh, volunteers and stuff that are, that are yeah. down there, whether they're- uh, You have the, the, the clubmen. Yeah. Of course. They, they still have the same clubmen sort of people, like the people who are around the footy club all the time, yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. cooking the soup, as H said. And, but um, <laughs> yeah, not so much fans. We had this bloke, um, what was his name? Um, there was the running coach's name. Do you remember him? Oh, Big, Bigelow. I remember. I remember a lot of people without their names, like because it's. Yeah. I actually don't really think about this. this it's so long ago for me. This bloke looked like he'd been in chemo permanently. Like he had. <laughs> he had not a single hair on his body. Not. Not like just compl- no eyebrows. Nothing. And he was the running coach. And his only piece of advice to anyone was use your arms. Use your arms. I remember that? <laughs> yep. That was his whole like spiel. And mate, he was. Nuts, like completely nuts. But he would have been there for 30 years. We had another guy whose name escapes me. I think he might have passed actually, but he had one leg and he was, you know, he had a was he the kicking leg. coach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. But, um, you know, speaking of Hawthorne, actually, Sean Murphy, who used to be our um, strength and conditioning coach there, was now the strength and conditioning coach. He was at Hawthorne. I think he's now gone to Essendon. So well, there's a few people out of Eastern that made it over the years. Okay. But we probably should. You know, we probably should acknowledge the elephant in the room and deal with the fact that we did lose yesterday. Yeah, all right. All um, right. Let's go from Eastern to Western. Well, so this year, how many years have you been at the club now, H? Uh, so this is my sixth year and I was six at Freo. Yep. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference between Fremantle and, and the Dogs? Um, well, I think just footy in general has changed so much. Like... Um, Back Freo days, um, it was probably no secret, Ross was quite a defensive coach, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, he made, I, a, he made a defensor out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so back then, like, we were winning games, you know, 60 to 40. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, myself as a role, like, I'd come into the game, Ross would be like, mate, just 
Don't even worry about goals. Just six tackles. I want six tackles from you. <laughs> I want pressure. They're probably not going to kick it. Probably not going to kick it to me anyway. So I was yeah. like, yep, yep, you sweet. Six tackles will still drop you up. But, but, I, but I, <laughs> yeah, but I think that um, sort of nowadays, I think there's a lot more freedom in the game. Um, guys are definitely more backed into play sort of on their natural instinct versus sort of back then it was quite regimented. Everything was quite strict in how the game plan was set, and that might have just been the way Ross was coaching back then. No, nah, I think it was sign of the times. Yeah, right? but I think. Um, just nowadays, I think they try to make players to play with you know as much freedom as they can, and um, it's definitely there's no grilling or there's not as much grilling as what there used to be there's back in the day. Never going to be no grilling. Yeah, so, so um, I think coaches are a lot more measured nowadays than what they what they used to be in terms of feedback. It's more sort of productive feedback and how you can get better versus purely baking someone. So yeah, um, I think that's. That's obviously a massive difference. And I think it just evolves as you get older. Like, you know, I was so young and naive going when I was at Freo, especially early days. I was drafted as a 17-year-old, obviously never lived out of home. Um, <laughs> Going had, to Perth. Yeah, literally, the <laughs> footy's been my only job. Like, I'd never had a, a job before that. I, don't know, I remember I wanted to do work experience. Speaking about the Hawks, I wanted to do work experience at the Hawks just like as a ball boy for a week. A lot and of, hang on, Hawthorne or Roeville? Or Waverley Park? <laughs> no, no, Hawthorne. Oh, okay. Because um, it was down the road. Well, I did. Um, I did it for, at the Carlton. That's where my work yeah, experience was. Yeah, I was pretending to be a physio for a week. So really? Was, All uh, I did was talk to Jared White because he never got on the park. So he was always <laughs> in the physio room. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, initially I wanted to do that. There's a few boys that did that, but myself and all my mates handed the form in too late, so we didn't get it. So we ended up, <laughs> yeah. so we ended up doing work experience at Coles at Stud Park, the local oh, shopping so centre. Oh, nice. And... Um, yeah, we, we got. I think we got sixty-two cents an hour, so it was twenty-five bucks a week. Spent about a hundred on food. Um, so, God, so yeah, I was like, I was so dodgy. You're in debt. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So I was quite naive. Um, so I think just in terms of just growing up, a um, bit more experienced around, obviously life experiences, but around footy and um, and learning to just relax a little bit more around the club and. Um, again, just play to your strengths versus back in the day, you know, um, you, you wanted to impress so much. You wanted to try go above and beyond and sometimes it didn't work in your favour. So I think just, I think footy in itself has evolved, not just myself. Hang on, what's, what's an example of you trying to go above and beyond and it not working? Well, I think just as a young guy, I mean, I, I was drafted, so I'm trying to think what I weighed What pick in. were you? I was 20, pick 20. Yep. yep. So um, I'll go off what, so... Pre-game, yeah, pre- 66. Nah, yeah, nah, so weighed. pre-game, pre-game <laughs> on the weekend weighed in 86, right? And I was drafted at 67, so you can work that out. That's <laughs> okay. okay. So, so doing doing weights and stuff. Yeah. 67, yeah. soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. Soaking, soaking wet, 67. That was the reason why I was taking hangers because I jump on blokes. Gravity didn't apply. They, they wouldn't feel me, so they'd, they'd jump to try to take a mark and they'd shoot me up. But, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think early on just um, trying to put on weight a little bit too quickly end up pretty much getting um, osteitis pubis. So like just uh, stuff like that that I was trying to go above and beyond to try to get my body ready for um, playing AFL footy where I think I just need to be a little bit more patient. Yeah, those, we, all go th- we all go through that. Like those you might 15 Palmers you had before yeah. a game. And, the, a team, and the team was obviously A, experienced and B, good. So my first year <laughs> um, we – Made finals and then we beat Geelong in Melbourne elimination and then we lost. That's right, yeah. And then the next year after that was grand final and then we were sort of first or second for like three years in a row and then sort of dropped off and, re- and went through the rebuild. But um, yeah, I think when you're coming in as a young player, you just want to play. So did you play in the grand final? No, twenty thirteen. That's why the they lost. <laughs> I'd like to say that, but um, yeah, as in because obviously going over to Perth, um, all my friends are based in Melbourne. They're I mean, it's probably pretty hard back then to watch waffle games on TV yeah, yeah. or yeah, or couldn't stream or it streamed or whatnot. So, I think even just trying to just play AFL footy so my friends and family could actually see that was probably one of the things that I was trying to. Yeah, do. Yeah, I think when you're young too, like you 
the to answer your question in the way that I would would be, it's not so much that you do specific things that make you look bad because you're trying too hard. Like it certainly happens. Like there's you know you know I, I would say there's very good examples at the moment of people maybe you know trying a bit too hard, like running after the game. Okay, um, that was recently posted all over Twitter with a guy with a mullet. Uh, oh yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. So yes, stuff yes. like that is like that. That is one specific example, but um, it's more. I think it's the constant trying to do absolutely everything perfect, and then when things don't go perfect, it disrupts you a lot because you're trying. It's like the reason why I think pregame routines are really stupid, like as in you know wear the same jocks or whatever, yeah. is because the moment that that doesn't happen, you've got this whole attachment to that being why you played yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same when you're young because you're going, I need to make sure that I weigh the exact right thing and I've done the exact right thing to prepare. Unrelenting standards. Yeah, and, and it's just the paralysis by analysis stuff yeah. that I, I think is for young people. So when, when do you think that shifted? When did you find a bit more sort of balance with your approach to, to footy? Was it after a few years, after when you came back to Melbourne? I think it was probably after about... Oh, Probably after my fourth year. So first year, I played three games and then had glandular fever, missed the rest of the year. Oh, so what? Second year, I had a lot of groin stuff. So I played, I think I went three, nine, 12, 11. And then basically from my fifth year onwards was like, you know, 18, 20, 20. So then that's where I started to feel a bit more comfortable. So I think once I felt like I was more ingrained in the side. Um, I you felt, knew what to expect. Yeah, knew what to expect and probably didn't put as much pressure on myself. I think when you're young, you know, you're young, you know, you want to, play as best you can you want to impress you want to you know be yeah. seen on tv in front of all your family and friends and, and do as soon well as the coach says something to you you want to cry yeah pretty yeah. much but um i think until you feel like not necessarily you're treading on eggshells but you feel like you can get away with maybe not playing a game as well as you would have liked and yeah. you know you're not going to get dropped yeah i think that was probably the time where i felt a little bit more comfortable and, and sort of went for that sense it's so and it's so like this is again we so what we try and do on this show is you can imagine we've got the nuffy fan sitting to my right um <laughs> hi everyone who when we I, I ask him every week for a tip and this bloke just goes we're gonna win by 10 goals it's so stupid like it's he doesn't true. even think it's he true. just his heart works very much stronger than his head yes yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, my background is playing at the, the top level. And, you know, I think the thing that fans need to understand is for all of the guys we've got running around at the moment, I would say, and I, I, I this is my opinion, is that we've got four or five guys every week at the moment who just aren't quite there yet. And what happens is you can imagine, and this happens at every single club, when you have uh, young people in the team, the way I like to think about it is there's a thousand things you have to do every game, right? And if you've got a thousand things to do, if you're Bont, you do 999 very well. Yes. But if you're a first-year player, you might only do 500 of them right. And if you extrapolate that over the course of two players versus five players versus 10 players, that's where the inconsistency comes from because you might have 10 blokes playing well and 10 blokes not. Um, so when we've got five guys who are out there at the moment who are young and trying to find their feet, and to your point, H, they're trying to find their position in the side where they're not worried about being dropped next week. That's where our inconsistency, I believe, is coming from. Okay. And the best teams don't have those bottom five players. They have you know twenty at least twenty players every single week who are you know right up to the standard. So. My encouragement is it took H, you said it took you five years to really solidify yourself in a yep. team. That's how long it takes for a lot of players. Like it takes that long to work it out and get physically up to standard, consistency, mentally, emotionally, all of that stuff. Is it measured through time or through games played? It depends. I mean, some players, I mean, you can answer that question, I think, H, but some players obviously come in, um, you know, far more equipped to make the transition from junior to senior footy. What, what do you think it is? Is it time or is it just an individual thing? Yeah, I think for me it was probably both. As I spoke about before, my body weight, you know, I was sort of nowhere near 
sort of the, the standard of what you needed it to be. Um, but so I guess a jumper I, and a pair of shorts running around. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But I, th- <laughs> but I think with with my role as a small forward back then, it probably didn't make it a whole lot of difference really because no. I wasn't finding myself in you know one on one contests and whatnot. And I sort of always prided myself on sort of my ability to tackle, even like whatever size I would be. So because I think probably tackling is more mental than physical anyway. Um, and just sort of your I mean, it helps to not be 20 kilos. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it absolutely does. Yeah. But I think... Um, yeah, I think Boy, did you ever have, have, have an issue tackling someone? No, see, my technique was always very simple because if you get your arms around someone and you drop your knees when you weigh 105 kilos, no one's getting away from that. <laughs> yeah, see, that if, if I do that and try to drop my knees, I'll probably keep running with me on the yeah, back. Yeah, it'd look hilarious. Especially, it'd be, especially it'd be like days. a backpack. You know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but not anymore. Think, yeah, 84, 85. Now. Yeah, not anymore. Definitely not anymore. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it is a little bit of both. But I, I, I feel like, you know, we've had guys, Bailey Smith, for example, he's come in straight away. He's played every game and he's someone that – has been up to the standard straight away. And he was probably someone early on that was doing definitely doing too much. And oh, I think yeah. it just burnt him out a little bit. Um, but he's played a you know great footy for us for a, for a long time now and he's still so young. Um, so it's probably Bond, di- Bond's another good example. Yeah, so it's probably different for different people. Um, so I definitely feel like it is a bit of a mixture, but I'd probably lean towards actual just purely games played, I feel like, just the experience of being out there. Um, you know, because guys can play good footy at VFL level and, and really push for selection and get in there, but nothing's quite like playing AFL every week. You get used to it a lot quicker when you're younger, for sure. And here's the other uh, ultimate fact. You know what expedites this whole process? The coach telling you, mate, you're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing you every week. Yes. And we want you to just get better. Don't worry about a bad game. Just How often does that happen, though? It happened to me in the last six games of the Giants. Um, okay. As in, like, they're like, you know... <laughs> They didn't tell me before I played the six games. They told me about halfway through. They're like, geez, Tom, we probably could have dropped you. <laughs> um, but we're going to keep you out there, right? I'm like, who else are you going to roll out? Everyone else is either injured or, you know, wants to go back to Victoria. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like the confidence the coach gives you. Did you find, so, because I think, you know, the way that you've gone from Ross to, to Bebo, at least like on paper, it, it sounds like to me, it's like, you get the structure and the, the rigidity that Ross provides, and I think he's you know very well renowned for being the hard ass that he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Bevo, one of his great capabilities, I think, is to unlock people's potential. Like yep. I, you know, I think my example that I always use is Liam Picken, right? Liam Picken basically was a tagger yeah. for seven or eight years, and then Bevo came and was like, oh, "You're actually pretty good at footy. Yeah, maybe maybe we should let you get a kick." <laughs> so did you did you find that that transition? Do you think gave you a great platform, obviously, with Ross to and then coming to to play at the Bulldogs? Not only I I imagine you. Obviously, you know, started playing more back um, at the end of your time at Freo, but yep. then came to the Bulldogs. But from what I saw, you went from, you know, someone who was like, you know, just a defender to someone who was an incredible intercept marker, obviously great courage in the air. Um, did you find that those two personalities probably were a nice sort of journey for you to go on as a player? Yeah, I think so. And I think um, Ross instilled a lot of things in me um, from my time at Freo, not only, you know, on the footy field, but off field as well, and the way you sort of go about day-to-day life. And um, again, as I mentioned before, coming in so naive, 17-year-old, you know, mum, mum and dad did everything for me. To you have to grow up pretty quick, yeah. and especially going to the other side of the country. So, um, yeah, you did know, you live in Freo or in Perth? Yeah, so I was I was sort of in and around Freo for the whole six years, sort of within a five k radius of Freo. Awesome, awesome spot. Yeah, for that's pretty good. Listeners out there have never been to Perth. Um, the CBD, the only good place. Well, the CBD. <laughs> there's probably not as much going on in the CBD. Yeah. And I there's, there's plenty going on in the CBD. Oh yeah, a lot of meth. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bit of that going on, but. Um, <laughs> I think how well it's funny because every time we play over in Perth, we would stay in the city, and there was a lot of people who'd be like, "Oh, like 
how did you spend six years here? And I'm like, yeah. well, because no one spends any time in the city. Everyone's by the beach. Yeah, Cottesloe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, some really nice parts. So what, what we're saying, Tim English, is it's a terrible place. Don't move back there. Yeah, he hates it. Hates the golf. The ongoing so joke I have with people is that um, you know West Coast are going to offer 33 percent of equity in their club to get Tim to come back and play for them because <laughs> they need him so bad. That after offer a fair bit of corn, I would have thought. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it, it, I, I wouldn't change anything for my first six years um, being at Freo. As I said, learn a lot of life lessons, and I think coming across. Um, to the dogs not only the coach is sort of instilling confidence in me but then the guys I had around me I had you know Easton Wood was someone who straight away looked up to him the way he played um, you know extremely courageous backed himself in the air and I sort of just wanted to be a bit like Woody really so um, yeah, we're going to have to cut that I can't have yeah, Easton yeah I know <laughs> he, <he'd laughs> lo- his head's big enough as it is he'd, you know? he'd love to hear that um, does Woody listen uh, just to his, I think he just listens to his own episode. Yeah, if, I, if, yeah. I, if I tell him, he'll listen in. Yeah, I yeah. But yeah, we had obviously Woody had um, Dale Morris is another one that um, oh, just yeah. went about his business week yeah, in week like out, no fuss. Easton Easton is basically Bevo, and Dale is Frost Light, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, so I felt like um, coming to the Dogs, we had a really good mix in the back line of of guys that were really um, really hard and 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 played their role to a T. And then we had guys like you know JJ who was really um, you know, showed a lot of flair with yeah, the ball. Creative. Really creative. Obviously, Caleb as well. So um, I was able to sort of, um, you know, watch all their games and how they went about it sort of on a day-to-day basis as well and just try to pick the brains of those guys and um, try to all sort of mix They're it. They're a pretty tight group too, right, you guys? You, I mean, the back line, when, at least when it was going really well, um, was always a really close group and it almost felt like a sort of separate team in the team, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, we, we always sort of refer to ourselves as the men's department. That's always, always what we like to say. <laughs> <The> only behind <laughs> closed doors because yeah, I never heard that. only behind closed doors. But um, it, it is almost a team within a team. Um, obviously, clearly not. But then um, sort of when you're out there, the back six, it can get it can get tough at times, especially when you're playing away and if things aren't going well, you know, you have the opposition cheer squad behind you getting stuck into oh, you. Yeah. And, um, Who's also, your least favourite cheer squad to play in front of? Um, oh, there's there's a few. There's, yeah, there's of course there's a few. But there's no teams cheer squads that really go easy on any defenders. Yeah. Um, Giant, the Giants because there is none. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, and the Bulldogs are all lovely. I shouldn't be so mean. Um, <laughs> that's probably why I stopped kicking in because I didn't want to go fetch the ball at the fence because they were just straight over. Yeah, it. we got Timmy kicking in for us. Oh now, my yeah. god, let's not talk about. Actually, can I ask you this, Croce? Because you played on the you played in the twos on yep. uh, Saturday. Yep, great win against Box Hill. What do we get? We've won nine in a row. Nine in a row now, yep. Um, funnily enough, you know, I do my hammy and we win eight in the trot, so maybe I was the issue down there. But, uh, <laughs> At least you didn't break if you come back in that last year. No, that was probably the best win that the VFL boys have had this year. Um, you know, didn't start off too well. We had a lot of injuries at AFL level. And um, as you know, there's a lot of injuries at the top level. The VFL depth yeah. um, starts to struggle a little bit. So, um, yeah, really pleased with the way the boys went. Um, really tough conditions, wet conditions. Box Hill probably had... 20 AFL listed players we might have had 10 or 11 um, and then non-AFL listed players you know Cal Porter who played with us yep. oh, yeah, Cal Brown it. who was at Collingwood so um, pretty much a, a fully stacked AFL <laughs> experienced team really um, so which players should we be getting into the AFL side apart from yourself of course I'd like to get in there soon we'll see what yeah. happens but um, oh there's definitely there's I reckon definitely there might be a change or two this week if oh, I who, who knows you don't have to say that I'll oh, say oh, that yeah. <laughs> guarantee I'll leave that up to you yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. but um, now there's I think the the pleasing thing about, I mean, where I'm at in my career, obviously I want to be playing AFL footy. That's no secret. But 
playing VFL at the moment, you can sort of take pride in the way that you see the young guys develop week in, week out. And I think um, probably took our young guys a, a little bit just to find their feet, which it does for, for any first-year player unless you're, you know, Bailey Smith or someone like that yeah, that can yeah, come yeah. in straight away. Um, but seeing their development, especially probably over the last eight weeks where I've been able to probably have more of a keen eye on them from a not necessarily a supporter perspective, but just sort of being at the games and being able to watch and not sort of be involved, directly involved in the game. So, um, you know, they all played really well on the weekend and, um, you know, you just want pressure for spots and that that sort of makes the AFL team better. It makes the VFL team better as well. So we'll see what happens this week. I'll leave well, the What's the VFL like at the moment? Because it's kind of been a rough four years for them, right? Um, and it's obviously changed drastically. Is it, Would you say the standard is sort of back to where it was pre-COVID? I think this... It's it's just the way it's set up now. I think early days. I mean, I was at, I was obviously in, in Perth at the time, but um, back when they used to have the VFL and then the VFL reserves, where the VFL reserves were all the young guys yeah, who were just yeah. starting, and then sort of the, the more mature. you are old because that was before my time. Oh, I am, I am old. Well, Taylor Dre always talks about it. He's Taylor Dre. He's probably the only person. He's won a VFL Resi's flag, a VFL flag, and an AFL flag, and a TSC Cup flag. Wow, so, the holy the, quadrangle. Send it to Swamp. Yeah. <laughs> see if, see if Swamp, <laughs> Swampy would love that. Well, actually, yeah. I, I just before, I just didn't want to do the podcast without forgetting the number one stat about Hayden, Hayden Crozier. The first ever person to kick a goal at the Shane Warne end oh, of that's the MCG. Right. We did talk about that on the podcast, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave you, we gave you an award back when we were sponsored by... Uh, Jazz Stevens, yeah, you, it was, so, um, so um, you, I, I loved morning growing up. So that's uh, that's a nice little start. Yeah, but, um, yeah, back to the VFL. I think it's just a lot younger than sort yeah. of what it used to be. Um, and it, it, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are getting drafted out of it, which is good. But I think the uh, the COVID year probably changed things up a little bit. There would have been guys based in Melbourne that probably went to you know the Waffle or yeah, Sample. Or yeah, a lot of them play, end up playing up north in Queensland. Yeah, they played up in Queensland, and they probably they might have stayed there. So I think that. The depth probably drops off a little bit more, um, probably for the non-AFL line clubs. But then you see teams, you know, Werribee and Williamstown are top four at the moment, which is yeah, great. Yeah. But then sort of the bottom end of it where yeah, it's obviously Bullants and Coburg, which yeah. is... My, pres- my local team, Dolphins. the Preston Bullants, not, yeah, not yeah, going great. Yeah, which is... Um, which Who are the Dolphins? Frankston. Frankston oh, Dolphins, right. yeah. They've yep. um, been in and out of the com like eight yeah. times in ten years. Yeah. I like them. Yeah, but <laughs> they... broke five times. It's the like, game the other week against the, the Bullants, it was... Um, yeah, I, I felt for him because, you know, it's a um, it's a tough thing to see. And I think... How much did you guys win by? Uh, that It was 160 to four. Or yeah, they scored it behind every quarter. Yeah. And some of them were gettable. Yeah. We had Toby McLean on the Patreon one. He told us, talked us through it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he ran into about 10 metres out and got sort of pushed as he kicked and missed. But... Um, <laughs> No, I mean, it, it's always tough with that because, I mean, guys, young guys that want to play AFL, like, it's it's hard for them to, I mean, we go out there and you win and everything's everything's good, we've won by this amount, but it depends, can you really take that much out of no, the game no, yeah. in terms of, there might be, little, not that there was, but, you know, you might be little habits when you come up against a team like that that you don't want to do because that'll... Yeah, that'll, won't translate. Yeah, won't translate and all... Um, and obviously, it wouldn't work at AFL level. So yeah, and and also the coaches do sit there and they go, you know, they do like just disregard games like that. Yeah. Like so, if you're trying yeah. to build a form, right? And the other, wait, sorry, they don't disregard the game because if you play rubbish against the rubbish teams, which <laughs> I, like, and it sounds stupid, but I always struggled playing in games like that because one, I don't care for, by to win by twenty goals. Like it just doesn't interest me. Like if we win by four goals, it's much more enjoyable to me, and it's an actual contest. And particularly, I suppose it's less so about the the score and more about the fact that this team shouldn't be playing against us, basically. So, like, if you play bad, then the coaches go, you played bad against the worst team. You can wait another six weeks before you get oh, a game in the ones. Yeah. And I think it's just the attitude as well that the guys bring into the game. Um, going to the game, 
I mean, it's not a secret to say like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna win. Yeah. Um, but you've got to have that attitude for the fourth quarter, especially from a defensive side of things. Like the intent around the ball has to be good because if it's off, it stands out like dogs' balls. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard because if I was controlling the VFL, I mean, the team's got so much rich history. That's that's probably the yeah, issue yeah. with it. So you got the you got you know Norman Blands, Preston Blands, you got Coburg. Like if they were actually merging. The team wouldn't be that bad. I wouldn't have thought because there's there's good young players yes. from both, yeah, both six teams. or eight players yeah. from each team. Who yeah. good enough, yeah. and especially as it gets later in the year, you've got guys that are playing for those teams that are losing by that amount. And going, you know, I'll go play local footy. I want to qualify for finals. Yeah. So then they leave. So then it brings in more young guys that probably aren't ready for VFL, and then it probably drops the standard it's again. A vicious so cycle. It'd be. I mean, I, I feel for them. It'd be. It'd be and tough. and that's what they'd be doing too. I imagine to fill their teams. Right, they'd be selling the dream of like you can play against AFL listed players and see if you're up to the standard. But. Yep. Like, I, I don't think people understand how big the gap is between local level footy, VFL footy, and AFL footy. Mm. And it's not just the gap of skill level. It's um, half the stuff that you do at those bottom levels don't work in the AFL. Because yep. you can't just be a slow in and under Dow player, which historically is what the VFL was, because you're coming up against guys like Bont and, you know, Libra and these guys who can run. So yeah. if you want to be slow, like the only player that I can think of from the last... 10 years that has managed to somehow get away with being the slowest human on earth is Ben Cunnington and he's played <laughs> like and, but it, and yeah. he's incredibly strong and incredibly skilled so that's how he compensates but I, I do feel for those those clubs who are you know clearly just trying to keep it going like Frankston's a great example they've come in and out of the VFL um, you know I joked before obviously that they've gone broke a few times but they're a club that has huge history and a great yeah. ground and a great supporter base. And, you know, to the question about the TSA couple, there are genuine yeah. Frankston Nuffies. Like, yes. There's a guy, with, there's a guy with the drum who has said some horrible things. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I copped a mouthful against Frankston. There's a few Rover boys that play at Frankston, which is good. And um, the environment down there actually looks really, really fun. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're really loving it. They started off pretty decent. Um, they've dropped away Benny Cav bit. came from there too, didn't he? Yeah. Down there. yeah. I saw um, Jack Nunes actually is coming oh, yeah. back and playing for him right. now. But um, oh, one of their boys... Balls, balls, <laughs> ball spilled. I was obviously playing back. Ball spilled out to the boundary line. One of their players picked up. This is right in front of yeah, yeah. their, their the, the lads. Yeah, so the guys, <laughs> the men's the department, guys, yeah, men's department, <laughs> guys, guys with the drums, everything. They were going, they were going nuts. Yeah. Um, and especially because they were in the game a little bit against us, and guys picked it up. And as he went to kick, I've I've bumped him over the line, and it wasn't like. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought, checked. Him, I thought yeah. I hit him pretty hard. Not six, seven kilos anymore. So I might have put a little bit of more force into him. Just but walking off, flexing. Yeah, def, <laughs> definitely wasn't a late hit or anything like that. And their supporters just. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. And I was running off laughing. Like I don't know if you guys probably would have seen the clip of Ash Johnson when he took that mark on the boundary. The guy slid over the line, uh, and Ash Johnson ran and holding the ball out to the supporters. Did you oh, see that? No, I haven't seen that. You seen that, body? Nah, seen? I don't think so. Oh, so he's taking a mark on the boundary, and then. Frank's defenders slid past him, so he had heaps of space. And he's running towards his goals, looking at the cheer squad, holding the ball up, tries to bounce it. It doesn't come up to him. And then he tries to pick the ball up again and gets run down holding the ball. <laughs> and the, so the big <laughs> thing never do that. Was, that. So he, <laughs> he popped up. There's this thing going around social media where it's the best 22 players that haven't taken a career bounce yet. And he was one of them, right? So he's in beat. So for AFL, he hasn't taken a bounce. He's taken a bounce in VFL. Hasn't come back up to him after showing it to the crowd, and then got run down and got like shorts to come down. They're all getting stuck into him. So yeah. And do we count it as a bounce? No, no, no. 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 And he, he 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 commented on one of the posts saying, "You got me, boys." Like, <laughs> I was thinking about it too much, but um, no, nah, it's good. Like there's still a lot of passionate fans around the VFL. All right. Well, let let's go back to the AFL before we wrap up. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a, fun, a good stat. The last time we lost to Hawthorne in Tassie late in the season, we made a grand final. 
<laughs> there we go. The, so well, I mean, I am. Uh, I've got up to the eyes with confidence. <laughs> 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 well, we got. I mean, we're playing West Coast this week. That's the equi- the AFL equivalent of the Preston Bulls. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good Surely question. Surely we, we, you know, it's at Docklands. Surely we win yeah. this one. They've been playing Probably. better, but they have been playing better. I think um, the amazing thing about AFL footy at the moment, I think you know. Gill and obviously Gill's going now, but all the hierarchy Simo. of the AFL would just be loving the fact that it is such an even competition. At and the Collingwood are on top. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be loving, that, that, they'd be loving that too. Cash. But I think you, you mentioned West Coast. Obviously, they've had their um, sort of up and down. I'll, I'll say, you don't have to say it. They should be playing in the waffle <laughs> for most of the year. I, I'm, I said that, not not Hayden. <coughs> Tom said that. So the thing with any, any team in the <laughs> AFL is if you're 5% off, you get found out. And um, I think probably on paper, you would have, people would have said on the weekend, oh, you know, Doggy's going to beat Hawthorne. But yes, I did. if you're slightly off, any team will put you to the sword. So um, I always speak about it. if I do any, you know, pregame stuff like I've done with you a few times, I think the key with us, if we start well, yeah. we'll go on with it. So yeah. uh, we actually started well on the weekend. And, and how, how do you approach <laughs> – so, like, it, it, is a, it is a really strange last couple of games, right? Like, as in, the, you've got, as you said, you've got West Coast at, um, at home. Yeah who are bottom of the ladder and for much of the year have basically looked like they aren't an AFL correct uh, yep. level side. And then you've got Geelong in Geelong, Ugh. which we haven't beat them down there in 15 years. <laughs> yeah, millenniums. How, how, how do you think um, – and you obviously haven't been to back to the club since, since yesterday. Um, how do you think that – how do you think about this as, as someone trying to prepare, obviously, and ideally you're playing ones this week um, – how, how do you prepare for those two last games? Um, you know, understanding that obviously finals are on the line, but there's such different sort of propositions. Yeah, well, I think what sort of we're focused on on the last, well, probably the whole time since I've been at the club is focus more on what we're doing and probably less what the opposition are doing. Yeah. And if you look after what you do well, and if you do it well, mo- you know, most of the time it works out pretty well. So um, I think from the way, I mean, as I said, I haven't been into the club yet, but I think just from watching on TV, on the weekend, um, sort of our intent around the footy, our um, our missed tackles, um, just the basis of the game, it really let ourselves down, um, especially second and third quarter. So um, I think if we fix that up, we'll be okay. Um, it's amazing AFL footy if you don't get the small things right, how much it can hurt you, um, and especially especially the way we defend. You know, we're a, a quite an aggressive. In the way we set up, um, that's obviously no secret. Um, and you know, for if there's a lot of mistakes up the ground, it can hurt us a lot. So um, we just got to make sure we get our basics right, and I think the rest will look after itself. I remember when I was playing at the Giants, um, we spent every week game planning for the opposition. It was like, what are we going to negate this week? And we used to literally change our game plan. It was like we're kicking short this week, or we're kicking long this week, and it just doesn't work because at some point you have to define what your style is so that you can try and you know put your best style out there. And if it falls down, then you have to change things. You go on the full David King. What's their brand? Yeah, pretty. What do they stand for? Pretty, pretty much. So, the, and there's a difference between like we always used to talk about when I was playing. There's a difference between like plans and style. So our style never changes, but our plans will. So, you know, for instance, we'll play a really aggressive half back up at the stoppage this week because we think we can get an advantage. That's a plan. But the style is to H's point. It's like we're an aggressive defensive team that plays from in front. What so? If we're getting back to our best this year, H, what, what in, in your opinion, what are we looking for as supporters? W- w- you know, above and beyond, obviously starting well. What, what's the 
the real style stuff that you know you guys have been talking about. I imagine every single week trying to get right. Um, what, what are we looking for as supporters this week to see that we're back to our best? Yeah, well, I think around the footy, uh, ruthless around the ball. So um, being really clean, um, one touch with our hands, being able to get the ball from in time to open spaces, um, backs being able to um, you know influence the play in the air and on the ground, whether that's rolling off your man to support. When there's a one-on-one contest, um, playing with a bit of flair, being able to take the game on, use the speed of the ball, um, the forwards just being able to create a contest, whether that's marking or bringing the ball to ground, smalls putting on relentless pressure, um, forcing quick kicks back out. Um, so they're probably the, I don't know. I've, he passed I've, the test. Didn't I've, I've named. Well. I've named. He's listening well. in the meetings. <laughs> Either that, or he hasn't listened in five years because that's the same shit we used to talk it's about quite, back it's, then. It's, def- it's, def- it's definitely similar to, yeah. what I, uh, to what was happening when I first came in. But um, yeah, I think. They're probably the main things. You're like, if you just picture us at our best, you think about how how strong we are around the ball, how clean we are with our hands. Um, you know, Libba, Bont, Ads, you, you've, you've seen them at their best, being able to get the ball out. And then our transition, bringing the ball from back to forward. And as I said, our forward just really just competing in the end. I think a strength of ours over the years, and even back to um, when I first got to the club, is we haven't had guys that have kicked huge bags all the time. We don't have guys kicking 70 goals for the year. It's just such an even no. spread. Yeah. So we don't need, you know, Jamara and Naughty to kick five each to kick a winning score. We have mids that kick goals. We have smalls that kick, kick goals. So um, as long as we can get even contribution uh, um, around the field, we should be all right. We're right. We'll win the flag. All right, sweet. That's nice. good. That's locked in. Uh, Hayden, thanks so much for uh, for coming on. Boy, do you have anything? Oh, do you have anything to plug? Do you have any side hustles or anything you want to uh, I mention? I don't have any side hustles, but I know um, a good friend of mine, Tommy Sheridan, would probably like his yeah. sonnies to be plugged, as he always do. So, Rick's sure. Oh, mate, Odell Beckham wore him, you know. Oh, Rick's all Mate, you, he, I don't know. You're going to well, ask you off here how much he spends on Facebook advertising. <laughs> it's oh, on my oh, it'd be a lot. so much. It'd be a lot. He pops up all the time, but... Um, so what's that called? What are the sunnies called? Rick's Eyewear. Rick's Eyewear. They probably, don't need, they probably don't need any more really? promotion. R-I double X. Yeah. They don't need any more promotion. I mean, he's just, he's a social media guru, that bloke. Yeah, that's well, a bit on my it? algorithm, but well, I he assume. Does, he does do a podcast, so we could always, you know. Oh, really? What, about sunglasses? Put, no, about, f- what is it about? Footy? Sport? Just everything, really. It's probably yeah. more about sport than anything. About him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, that's <laughs> kind of what it is. Right? About his journey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good, very good, mate. It was great to catch up. Um, it's uh, yeah. Well, I'm feeling I'm feeling optimistic about this week, I, but I think that you know the way that the boys go in the next seven days will very much dictate my confidence into the next fourteen yes. days. Yes. Um. So yeah, good luck with uh, the review. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't play, so you can walk in confident. But equally, it's never nice to be a part of a losing club week. So absolutely. It'll be messed up. Hey, uh, don't forget, you can uh, book Boydie and myself for your foot, your grand final week function, or, you know, your semi-final week functions if you want. Uh, we've got, you're going to put up a thing on your LinkedIn. You made me join LinkedIn. Mm. Uh, yeah, I did. So, uh, I don't know how that works. Speaking of us. social media guru, LinkedIn. <laughs> Mate, I'm big. I, I joined LinkedIn recently, and I was like, you know, getting a little bit older, so. No, no, you, you need to get on there, yeah. yeah. And as in, like... You're, let's be honest. You're closer to the end than the beginning oh, of your I'm career. So, <laughs> I'm definitely not playing 20 years. I'll no, give you the whole tip. Playing 24, that's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I, I um I was with the uh, the Vixens at uh, at work on the weekend. There's a couple of girls who play for the Vixens down there, and they're like, "I'm like, are you guys on LinkedIn?" Because they try to find you, and they're like, "No." Nah. I'm like, "Why not?" <laughs> like like you you do all this corporate work because the Vixens basically the way that it works is that they have these sponsorships, and then the players just get like farmed out to do all this extra work, yep, right? Because yeah. you know they don't get paid anywhere near as well as footballers do. Um, 
And it's the perfect chance to get out there, Danny, and promote yourself and all get right. some corporate gigs. That's where the cash is, I always get told. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, book uh, book Boydie, myself. Book Hayden as well. We'll do it. We'll do a triple act. Yeah, yeah. book me. If there's any uh if there's any real estate companies out there, I know Jay Stevens, Nick Johnson Real Estate, you know, coming to close to the end of my career and probably gonna get into real estate after. You wanna get into so. real estate? You're better than that. Oh well I can talk shit, so that's <laughs> yeah. And we're in our suit. You got a nice yeah. suit. <laughs> but Hayden, you've got a soul. <laughs> I do have a soul, but you know- Someone's got to sell houses, you know? No. Great, great families involved in the real estate game. Um, those two, I'll see out in the West and then um, Nick Johnson out in Brighton. So um, yeah, if anyone has a job for me down the track, I'll, uh, I'll happily take one. All right. There's I'll, the final message for us all. Employ us. Yeah. Keep- Absolutely. Hopefully I'll hold on for another year or two. We'll see what happens. But yeah. Go dogs. I give my childhood to that role. Of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love The bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets It's a long, long road they're running for you Dogs and Footscray Streets